Good evening. I hope all of you are doing well. Today we are learning Maseches Moi Katan Daf Chavzayin and starting at the two dots, four lines, five lines from the bottom on Chavavam Midbeis. Um, in light of my complex, what turned out to not be so complex, but what I thought was going to be a very busy travel week, I still have a travel week, but um, I didn't actually uh, properly plan for Asim. So here's the game plan. What we're going to do is today we'll learn Daf Chavzayin. Tomorrow we'll finish the Masechta without Asim. Um, on Thursday, what's tomorrow? Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, I'm trying to keep track. Yeah, yeah. On Wednesday, tomorrow, we'll finish the Masechta without Asim. On Thursday, I will be in Cincinnati. Yes, I'll be in Cincinnati, and I will record and post Daf Beis of Chagiga. On Shabbos, we'll learn Daf Gimel of Chagiga. On Sunday, we'll learn Daf Dalar of Chagiga and have a Sium on Maseches Moikata. Monday. Is that what I said? Whatever. The Sium's on Monday. Whatever. It seems on Monday, but we're only learning one blot a day for the next many days. Uh, and uh, tomorrow we're just going to push a little bit. It's a little bit longer. It's a long blot tomorrow. Uh, and then we're just pushed to the end of the Masechta. And then Shabbos, one blot. Sunday, one blot. Monday, one blot. And then the Sium, Monday night, uh, which will be in memory of your father. The, uh, we're perfectly on track. Yeah, absolutely on track. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, here we go. And then that's our last Masechta in, in Seder Moed. If anybody wants to come to Poland and have a Sium in Shivas Chachmei Lublin, please let me know. Five lines from the bottom. We had said in our Mishnah that one is not allowed to have the Suda Sabra, the Suda of Avelin, when the mitos are Zakufos, when the beds are upright. They have to be flipped over, right? So it has to be uh, that if the beds are flipped over. We're going to get into some of these details now. If a person goes to the house of an Avel, if there was a closeness between the Avel and the Menachem, then everyone should sit on overturned mattresses, because Libo Gaspo, I feel very close to the person who has come to be Menachem Avel, and if the person's not close, then Yavreyu al mitos Zekubos, and that person will sit on a regular bed, a bed that's not overturned. <laughs> really a funny story, actually. Rava Isra Be Milsa, Rava unfortunately was sitting Shiva, and someone came over who felt closer to Rava than Rava felt to him. Al Gabeim, Al Legabe Abbar Marta, Du Abbar Minyumi, the same name. And Rava Zakif, uh, Rava sat on a regular one, indicating that he wasn't so close, because that's what we just said. Um, and Abba Barmarta Kofi, and Abba Barmarti turned over the mattress. And Omar, Rava's like, don't think he's getting the social cues here. I sat on a mattress that was regular, which means I don't, I'm not Libo Gaspa, which means why are you sitting on this kind of mattress that's overturned? You didn't read the room right. So Omar, Rava's like, Kama lespe daita This one's not really paying attention. He kind of missed all the cues. I guess he feels closer to me than I do to him. Tana Rabbanan, the rabbi, the rabbi teaches in a Braisa. <coughs> if a person's traveling, when they learn that Nebuch, they, are, they have become an Avel, so they can't get home. It's not like modern travel. They could be weeks and weeks away from home. If he's able to minimize his business doings, so then you might. It's if, if it's not possible for him to stop, then what does it mean? So take a look at Rashi on the top line. It's not really Rashi, but whoever it is. He can work in a group instead of working alone. It's not appropriate to work alone, but the Chazal gave a kula for him to work on this um, as part of a group. Says the Gemara. Per hour, and you know that you can't afford to miss work. Okay that's okay we learned already if you're if, if you have zero money then that that was a conversation we learned i don't remember the din because there were a lot of iterations but that was discussed already if you're poor in the mayocha was what the gemara spoke about earlier in the masechda 
So here, Tana Rabbanan, we know, of course, that the din is to turn over the mita. So the Gemara says, When is one supposed to turn over the mattresses? So says the Gemara, this is a machlokas in the Tanoim. From the time the mace leaves the house, at that point, all the beds need to be turned over. Rabbi Shu over and Omer, no, that's not the time when this uh, minhag starts. And the Rishonim actually point out it's not only that minhag that we're talking about, we're talking about all minhag yavelus. When do they all kick in? from the time that the uh, kever is actually covered. This is a discussion in the poskim as to what this actually means. In America, it's different than in Eretz Yisrael. In America, a person is put in a coffin. They're put inside an iron cast um, uh, massive container, and then there's a very heavy iron cast cover. So that's Yistam is when it's covered. In Eretz Yisrael, it's when the mace is actually covered with dirt. So that's Rabbi Yoshua, Mishi Yistam Maisa, there was a story, Shemes Rabban Gamliel, um, Hazakin, Rabban Gamliel passed away. Kevan Shiyatsumi Pesach Beso, when the uh, mace left the house, Amar Lehem Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Eliezer, the Shitaso said that the threshold of when we begin, Minhagi Avelis, is when you leave the house. And then he said to everyone there, Kafumito Sechem, it's time for you all to flip over your beds. We came into Nistamagola, left the cemetery. Rabbi Yehoshua was there, and Amr Lahem Rabbi Yehoshua, oh, well, there was Nistamagola, Kafumito Sechem, now it's time for you to turn over your beds. So they said, you're late to the party. We already heard from Rabbi Eliezer. Amr Lo, Kfar Kafinu, Al We already turned it over based on the Zakein, based on Rabbi Eliezer. So that's a machlokes in regards to the Tanoim as to when the Minhagim of Avelus actually kick in. Um, and um, I believe it is with Stimas HaGolel. So normally the way that it works is that before someone comes home from the burial, someone's working on the mirrors and someone's working on all the Minhagim that apply in the house. Again, we don't do Kfiyas Mita anyways nowadays, but for all whatever Minhagim do apply, they apply at that point. The Nafkamina is whether or not you're an Onain throughout that time. When did the Minhagi Avelus kick in? So that's uh, some of this discussion. Tanu Rabbanon, eight lines down, We know, of course, the one is not allowed to have a public display of Avelus on Shabbos. If that's true, we have to turn the beds uh, right side up. So how do we do that? When do we do that, I should say? So it says the Gemara, from the time we reach the Zman when one can dab a mincha, which is 30 minutes past Chatzos, uh, then you, one is allowed to turn their beds back over. However, even though this is the appropriate time, to turn the beds back upright because it's Shabbos. However, one is not allowed to sit on those beds that are currently turned upright because it's still available during the day. It has to first become dark. And then, and only then, <coughs> is one allowed to sit on those beds. Well, the Motzei Shabbos, and on Saturday night, and in this case, we, we are assuming Shiva's over Sunday morning. Even though he only has one day left of the Shiva that he's sitting, one is obligated to turn over all the beds yet again. Tanu Rabbanan, the rabbi teaches in Abraisa, last short line, last of the middle width lines. One is not only obligated to turn over their bed, however, uh, I should say, Ella, uh, rather, what should they do? You have 10 beds in 10 different rooms, which in their days was equivalent to a mansion. Many of us have uh, close to that many mattresses in, my, in, in our house. We have about that many mattresses in our house. So we have a guest bedroom that we uh, our guests use right now. One of my kids is sleeping there. We're like adding some, uh, doing a little painting in his room. Fine. He's sleeping down there. It's a bed that we use. All of the mattresses have to turn over. It's not only true in one house. It's true that if there are five brothers who live in five different houses, and one of them died, Kulan Kofin, all the beds and all the houses, let's call it 50 mattresses in approximation, all of them have to be turned over.
However, third line into the middle width lines, let's say you have that bed. The bed is never used for people. It's always used for mail and packages and clothing. And fine. if it's never, ever, ever, ever used for that, and it's only used for kalim, it's only used for storage, then there's no need to turn that bed over. It's only a bed that at the very least is used sparingly, then that bed needs to be turned over. Dargash. Dargash is a type of bed. We don't yet know what it is, but it's a type of bed. You don't have to flip it over. You're allowed to stand it up vertically on its on its two legs to, so that it's not used at all. We can untie that which is holding up the mattress and then the mattress will fall from the frame. That's talking about this dargash. And again, we still don't know what it is. <clears throat> So the Gemara asks, my Dargash, what is this Dargash? What kind of bed is it? Omar Ula, and this is a big machlokas in the Tanoim, Omar Ula, in the Rishonim, excuse me, he says, Arsa de Gada. And Arsa is a bed in Aramaic, and the Gada is um, a, a bed that's used for Mazel. Take a look at Rashi, or his equivalent, three lines down. Arsa de Gada. Mita, Shem Yachadimosa, Le Mazel Tov. It's a bed that's saved for good wishes. Nobody uses it. Asks uh, the Rishonim, the Ran says, that's dark emori mamash. That's like not, that's, that's just 10 problems with this. There's so many things wrong with it. So they give different answers. They give different ukimta. As you can see some answers in the bottom here. It's not so simple as to what this bed is. It's just saying it's just for mazel. Is it just a, just to, uh, one of the, some of the Rishonim, right? I think the Shita Mekubetzas, right? So, so I can't remember where I saw it. Uh, but what, somebody writes that it's showing your Ashirus, that you have an extra mattress that nobody sleeps on. So a person can keep it as a Karasatov to a Kaddish Baruch Hu. So that's more Mistaber. That's more logical to assume that that's correct in, in the face of the assumption that it might be dark and Mori. It's a very difficult uh, thing to understand in the Gemara, how we could even have such a Havamina, but that's what the Gemara says, that <coughs> it's possible <coughs> that this Arsa, Arsa de Gada, that this Dargash is a bed that's for Mazel, and or a bed that shows one's Ashiras. We'll question this and we'll change our understanding of this momentarily, but this is the starting point of what we think a Dargash is, a bed for Mazel. Omar Le Rabbah, if this is true, then Gabe Melech, we have a Mishnah that speaks about uh, a Dargash. And what does it say? Okay, we say about a king that under certain circumstances, he can lean up against and lean on a Dargash. He can use this kind of bed. How can it be? The whole point of the Ars of the God is that it was never used. So what do you mean? Now you're using it? Why now are you using it? The Gemara says, that's not a good question. What kind of question are you asking against this understanding of Dargash? It's no different than normally other people don't feed you and only during Avelos. Other people don't feed you. Things change. You're in Avelos. So therefore there are times that the bed is going to be used. So the Gemara says, that's not a good argument, but I do, I would change your question. If you're going to ask a question about a Dargash, I would ask the following. This should be the Tanya, we're a little bit more than a third of the way down, almost halfway down. Dargash we had said uh, we had said that a dargash doesn't have to be flipped over, but it could be stood up. Uh, it could be stood up vertically. But if it's going to be uh, an arsa de gada, if it's going to be a bed of any kind, you should have to flip it over and not stand it up. Why? Because hatanya hakofa mitaso lo mitaso bilvad hu kofe elakom mitos yeshlo besoch peso kofe. We we don't see an exclusion in the brisa for an arsa de gada. So how can you say that it's supposed to be stood up and not turned over? <coughs> so says the Gemara. Umay kusha. That's not a good question either. Midi dehave amitam yuchedes lekelim. This should be similar to. 
a mita that's miuchedes for kelim, a bed that's exclusively used for storage. In that case, we said that the mita is not uh, it's not zakufa and it's not it's not kafufa. We don't stand it up. We don't turn it over. So that's not a good argument either. You can't say that you have really have a question about uh, whether or not the bed should be stood up or flipped over. That's not a good question. But the Gemara does acquiesce that there still is a question to be asked. Really, if you're going to ask a question, it should be like this. That a dargash is that we said that we can uh, loosen whatever's holding up the mattress and the mattress will fall on its own. And if you're saying that we're talking about this bed that nobody ever sleeps on, well, it's not built like a regular bed. This is kind of the way I'm envisioning it is more like a couch or a chase of some kind. It's not a regular bed. It's not made the same way. My Carbitan Isla, it doesn't have the regular straps. We spoke about this already. The straps that go under the bed. So they had a bed frame and they would weave straps across the frame left to right. And according to some, also also the length of the bed. And the mattress would sit on that like a weave. Shasiva Arab was some of the shitas that we saw in the Gemara earlier. So the Gemara says, if you have a kasha, your kasha should be, how can it be that there are any Carbita, that there are any straps that are holding up the bed? This is not a regular bed. It's a bed that you purchase just only to show your wealth. Just says the Gemara halfway down, and there was a Rav who passed on really what is this Dargash and what was his name? He was in the uh, he was in the marketplace that sold um, pieces of material. My Dargash uh, my Dargash, what is Dargash? Oh, put my question mark in the wrong place there. It's Arsa de Tzila. It's a, a bed that's uh, made out of leather. So again, it's probably something similar to our types of couches that are a little bit nicer and they're made to be more comfortable, but <coughs> it's really a sign of wealth. <coughs> I remember one of my friends, his, his parents had a living room that no one was allowed to sit in when I was growing up. And I never understood that. We, uh, we tried to jump on our couches. Mrs. Karras didn't like that very much. But uh, this family, you couldn't even enter the room. It was, it was literally just for show. The whole room, there were multiple, I remember what it looks like, multiple couches and fancy vases and nothing. The whole thing was this. It looked chashuv. The whole thing looked chashuv, and that was it. Nobody else would ever use it. So that's what the Gemara now assumes, that instead of saying that this uh, dargash is a bed for mazel, that this dargash is actually a bed that's made out of a really nice material to show chashivas. Itmar nami. We have the Amorim speak about this also. Amor of Yirmiya dargash, seirugo mitocho, mita seirugo algaba. That a dargash, the way that it's built, is that uh, that which is holding it up, the, the leather straps that are holding it up, are not underneath and supporting the mattress. They are within the mattress. So let's just assume for a moment that, uh, that this is the mattress. So if you have a dargash, so then the dargash would have it that the leather straps are in the middle width of the mattress, and then they connect to, they, they tie around the bed frame. However, if we were talking about the other types of beds, the other types of beds have the, the, the leather straps underneath, they're coming out of the bottom, and then you rest the mattress on top of them. So that's the nafkamina as to how these beds are made, the difference between a regular bed where the straps are underneath, and this dargash, this arsa de tzila, where the straps are within. Amar of Yaakov, Barach, Amar of Yeshua ben Levi, Halacha Kerab and Shimon ben Gamliel, we paskin like Rav Shimon ben Gamliel, Rabbi Shimon ben Galil was of the opinion, he says that karbita that we are allowed to just undo the leather straps and the bed would fall on its own. Itmar nami, and machlokas if the words belong there. Amar of Yaakov Baracha, Amar of Asi, Mita she nalkiteha yotzen zokfo vidayo. If you have a bed where there are poles that come out of the mattress and that's how the mattress uh, stays on top of its frame, then zokfo vidayo, we just stand up the mattress and that's considered appropriate. <coughs> Sorry for the cough. 
Tanu Rabban and the rabbis have taught us Yashan, Al Gabe Kise, Al Gabe Udaini Gedola. If a person is uh, uh, resting on a chair or on top of a, a very large, um, uh, no, the grinding machines that they had, some type of uh, a mortar and pestles type of system, or Al Gabe Karka, you're not Yotze. Very strange language. You're not Yotze. What? It doesn't mean you're not Yotze, you're Yotze Avelos, but you didn't fulfill the minic properly. It's a bit of a unique language to, to pass over its point. Amr of Yochanan, why? Shalokim Kfiyasamita, because you didn't fulfill your Avelos spitz like the right way. You really should have done it with Kfiyasamita, and you didn't do that. You were on, the, on a chair, you were lying on top of this, uh, this large grinding machine, or you were on the ground. That's not right. You should be on a mattress, but an overturned mattress. Tanur when a person's in an Avelos, you're allowed to sweep and you're allowed to be marbits. We've had this word many times in Shas. They'd sprinkle water to keep the dust down. Um, and that is perfectly fine. And as well, you can wash dishes and bowls and cups and plates and, uh, and water containers in a base avel. However, you're not allowed to bring nice smelling, um, uh, nice smelling things that are lit with fire incense. That's not allowed to be base avel. Says the Gemara, is that true? We said that in a base avel, you're not allowed to make a bracha on the mugmar. If the incense is made from something that's made from the ground, so then the halacha is you'd have to make a bracha. Depends on how it's made. I recently stayed in a hotel and they had these little things for incense. You could just light the end of it. And it, I, 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 I should have asked. I didn't think about it till right now, but I, that's a shiloh. What's it made out of? Is it natural stuff? In which case you probably have to make a bracha one way or the, the other. No way, like no different than Motzei Shabbos when we, when we say Borim I'm doing a bris and a Sephardic shul tomorrow. So the, I said to the family, if you want to know how to do a Sephardic bris, you got to talk to the rabbi of the shul because I don't know anything. All I can tell you is that they bring leaves and make a bracha in the middle. So they said to me, we want, we want an Ashkenazi bris. I'm like, okay, just communicate it to the rabbi because I'm telling you right now that it's a whole different ballgame. Different brachos, shechianu. I wrote Ashkenazim, don't make it. Some Sephardim make a shechianu, which is not minag Ashkenazim in Chutzlar. It's only minag Eretz Yisrael. I did a bris recent, uh, I did a bris many years ago, eight, nine years ago in Kins. And the father of the baby the grandfather of the baby went over to Rabbi Matenki and said, I want to make a Shechianu. I uh, hold a Minag Eretz Yisrael. He's like, no, you don't. You're an Ashkenaz Jew in America. There is no Minag Eretz Yisrael for an Ashkenaz Jew in America to make a Shechianu. There's no, so, can I do a Harama? He's like, you're making it on the garment. It's not, there's a Lokashur. That's not our Minag. It's not allowed. So in, in all the secular places, they, they make a Shechianu, like in the conservative and reform movements, they make a Shechianu. But there, it's not just the parents. That's the whole Gantz room. The whole, everybody makes a bracha shechianu. Is it a bracha levatala? That's a good shiloh, but certainly not mutter. I don't say I mean under the circumstances. I just, you know, kind of deadpan. I don't, I don't react. It's a, it's a problem. But in a Sephardic shul where it really is the minhag, then of course it's appropriate to say I mean to those brachos. But when a person's making a bracha levatala or a bracha she'enetzricha, anything in that frame of mind, and you are uh, from Jew, you should not be saying I mean. These are all the shilohs of going into reform shuls for your first cousin's bas mitzvah. All these kinds of shalas are very complicated and uh, you don't want to give too much credence and maybe by showing up, you're already giving credence and you shouldn't go. These are shalas discussed in the postgame. Ask your local Orthodox rabbi. So the Gemara says that we, uh, how can you say that you're not allowed to um, bring mugmar in? What does the Bar Kapara say? He says, oh, What's the diuk from the statement of Bar Kapara? Yeah, you don't make a bracha, but ha'asuye. Uh, but you are allowed to bring it in. So that's a stira. Answers the Gemara. One is in a place where the Avelim are, and the other is in a place where the people who are 
who are doing Nichum Avelim, that's where they're sitting. So in the base Avel, it's not allowed. In the base Hamenachem, where people are, <coughs> people are giving Nichum Avelim, then it's permissible. The Gemara for the next, almost the next Amud, certainly the next 30 lines or so, is going to speak about customs that uh, used to take place with the wealthy, and that because it, it uh, reflected poorly on the Anim and other similar types of cases, um, takanas were put into place to ensure that no, nobody's feelings were hurt. Let's start with the Mishnah, 15 lines, 12 lines from the bottom of Chavzayin Amadal. In Malik and the base of Avalobatavla, Vloba Askutla, Vloba Kinun, Elabasalan. One should not go to the base oval with all of these fancy types of trays, a tabla de tray, naskutla is a special dish, a kinon is a very special shaped dish, elabasalam, regular baskets. We do not say the special bircha savelim. Uh, it's not a regular bracha that we say nowadays. Aval, even though we don't make that bracha during Chol Hamoid, that we do go into a shura and we, and we give Nichum Avelim in the shura. And then from there, from there, everyone can go home. It's Chol Hamoid, so everyone can be sent home. Take a look at Rashi's equivalent, five lines from the bottom of Rashi's. Inner margin. Everybody go home. You were here. Thank you for being here. Everyone can go home. The Mishnah concludes two lines before the end of the Mishnah. In we don't do a public wake. We don't leave uh, the mita out in the street. Because it's um, it's moed after all. It's cholamoy. We don't want people to be marvid behesped. So we don't uh, leave the mace out. Even not forget about cholamoy. Even during the year, we would not uh, we would not present a woman on her mita after she's passed away because mitnei Let's get into the contrasts between the way that the Ashirim used to behave and the anim. Berishona, initially, they'd bring things to the base Havel. Ashirim, they'd bring the kiltos, shel kesev, shel zav, with dishes that were made out of silver and gold. The anim, the poor people, they didn't have those kinds of dishes. Besali nitzarim, shel arava klufa. Then they would make some type of wicker basket, and that's all they had. And because the wealthy were able to do something that was really chashuv, and the poor people had a sharp contrast, they could only afford these cheap wicker baskets. So therefore, very sensitive. You cannot bring something overly fancy to the shiva house. It's not nice because the poor people cannot keep up with the Joneses, and it's not a right standard. The rabbis taught five lines from the bottom. In regards to drinks in the base of people would bring drinks. The wealthy would bring white glass, which apparently was a rare commodity and very expensive back in the day. They'd bring things in glass jars, but they'd bring cheap glass. And it was always colorful glass, but not the white one. But they'd show up, they'd come up with your colorful glass. And as you're doing that, someone's bringing in a 12-pack of uh, these gorgeous white bottles. It's not right. And we change things because of the, because of the covet of poor people. Initially, when people would die, they would leave the faces of the wealthy revealed, and they'd, leave, and they'd cover the faces of the poor. People who are really poor, you know, they're eating they don't have a lot of food, so their face would blacken very quickly after they would die. Even in, when they were alive, their face would have a certain... Uh, a certain darkness to it. And the poor people who were still alive were like, this is not right. You can't just have a, an open casket for the rich and not for the poor. It's not nice. And therefore, So that's what the Gemara says, is that because of Kvodan Shalanim, we're not allowed to do awake. Just an interesting sugi and shas. I'm saying we... Once upon a time, oh yeah, it certainly was mutter. It certainly is mutter. There's nothing wrong with being megalapanim of a. That's not. There's nothing wrong with that. 
I mean, okay, there are halachos for Chabra Kaddish, you'd close, close their eyes and whatever. There's like minhagim that we do with the goof after a person passes away, but there's certainly seemingly nothing wrong with awake. And today, even our anim have cell phones sometimes and there's a different world. Like our, the level of anim, <coughs> the level of anim back in the day was a whole different ballgame. Another one, the Rishona, Hayumotzi and Ashirim Bedargash, they would present uh, the body, the mace, on a fancy leather bed. The dargash is a reference to what we saw earlier. However, it says the Gemara in the very last word of Chov and Aleph, Be'anim, Be'klicha. They were on a regular bed, Rashi, Klicha, Mita Shel Mesim, a regular, a regular bed. It wasn't anything fancy. So that also is not right. The people who are poor said, this is Pasnesh, it's not nice. We don't have anything, and you're going to give uh, this guy a nice, uh, beautiful leather bed. It's not right. So, to be sensitive to those who are poor, we changed, we changed things around, and we ensured that everyone would be brought out on a regular mita shel mesim on the klicha. If a person uh, died because of some intestinal issues and uh, it didn't have a good odor, so they would do mugmar. But that was only However, the people who were alive with those issues were like, that's what people think of us. Like, we need mugmar, we need incense to just be around us. So we wanted to be sensitive to those who had these types of medical issues. And therefore, every mace got the, uh, got the mugmar, they all got the, the incense. Six lines down. If a woman died when she was in Nida, they would wash all of her clothing. However, but women who were in Nidos, they were embarrassed because, uh, oh, I'm Tame. You, know, like, you got to go send my, everything that I have to the laundromat. It's not nice. So therefore, we added a sensitivity that we would wash all of the Kalim of women um, in order to show some respect to the Nidos Chayos, the women who were alive and who were in need and their clothes were, were Tmeis. Birishona, Mat Bilan al Gabe Zav and Mason. Then uh, the initial custom was that if a Zav passed away, they'd wash all of his clothing and make sure that they were Tahor. But the people who were alive in Zavin, they were embarrassed. So therefore, last short line, Iskinushu Mat Bilan al Gab Hakomi, they quoted Shazav and Chai. We added a level of sensitivity that everyone's clothes were washed. Even non-Zavim, everybody. What percentage of people were Zavim? It's a tiny percentage. It doesn't matter. For the sensitivity of others, we have to go the extra mile. What? Why weren't they? It's a halachic consideration that the clothes are tummy. They're not saying don't wash the clothes. We have to wash the clothes because otherwise no one can benefit from them. No one can use them. They're Yorshim, that they're tummy. If he's a need, if he's a Zav or if she's a Nida, those clothes are tummy until otherwise noted. <laughs> so we didn't have a choice. We had to do it. But in order, in order to get it done in a way without being with anyone, so therefore all women and all men had to have all of their clothes laundered when they died. It was a way to circumvent the halachic issues of the clothing being tame without embarrassing anyone. Anyone who died, we just washed all their clothes. It doesn't apply nowadays, of course, but I mean, we're not, not mocked on these things. There's no base mikdash, but please God, assume we should be concerned about them. So on the first long line, the Gemara says, Berishonah haisa. So expensive to bury people. Tachrichan became very expensive, like everything else. We scale up and we try to make it better. And this, the kit that looks like that, and there's this kind of fabric. It got so expensive. They would used to leave the mace without any tachrichan, and then they'd run away in embarrassment. It's not right. <coughs> Therefore, the Gemara says, <laughs> 
Rabbi Gamliel made a tzava for himself that in his will, he said, bury me in simple linens. Let other people see from me that I'm a, I'm a great rabbi. That's his real leadership. He's going to lower himself so that everyone will understand that this is not what's important. And from that time on, he solved a big problem. This discussion here, this is talking about his death. It's a toast was on the side here. The second toast was third of the way down. Vinag called Rosh Ba'atzmo. Shetziva came to Shas Petiraso. That was the first option as I presented it. It was in his Savah. He was talking about someone in his family and not him. Vilashon Ba'atzmo says toast was Mashma Kipirish Risha. The language of the Gemara is more Mukhrach, uh, like the first approach, which is that it was part of his Savah because it says Ba'atzmo and it doesn't say Bemishpachto, Bibno. It only says that it's talking about him. Amar Rav Papa. Rav Papa says a quarter of the way down, almost a third of the way down. Even for Tsarda, which is the cost of Barzuza. What's Tsarda? So Tsarda, if you look in Rashi, he says Kanabus. It's hemp. It's a garment that's made out of, uh, of herbs. That's how some of the Rishonim explain this. And obviously, I would imagine that's where the word canvas came from. They're very, very, very similar. I don't know. Is canvas natural? I have no idea. That's what I thought, canvas. Oh, really? Yeah. Does he say that it's hemp also? No, no. I don't know what canvas is really made of. Doesn't uh, somebody in the show, Ben Porat, doesn't he own a company like that? Burla. Huh? Burla? Burla, yeah. Oh. I don't know what that is. Okay, fine. What's I'm just. Potato sacks. Potato sacks. Is that, is that natural? That, that I think is natural. Burlap is natural? Burlap, I think it's natural. Yeah, but I don't know. It's just so hard to say that the word cannabis didn't come from cannabis. Uh, because they they had this language back then already, and, and canvas is a if it's a modern invention, then it can't be synthetic. If that's what the, but anyways, that's what it says here on the bottom. It's it's cannabis. That's how Rashi explains. Okay, says the Gemara at the two dots, a third of the way down. That one is not allowed to leave the bed outside. There is no restrictions for a moe, for a tamil chacham on, on the moe. The more so with Hanukkah and Purim, which is less chamor. So if a tamil chacham dies on the moe, we give a regular eulogy. And all the more so by Hanukkah and Purim, which have no restrictions on them. I mean, it really is Asr Behesped, but it's really only Asr Behesped for a regular person. This is only true in his presence. However, if we're not in the presence of the Chacham, so then we don't uh, speak glowingly about him. There are no Hespedim. Says the Gemara, that's not true that Shalob Afanov, that we don't speak about him on Chol HaMoid. How could you say that? He was standing at a place where there was no mace. It was Bapum Nara at the opening of the river. And it was during Chol HaMoid. There was no mace there. And he, he did give a eulogy. So says the Gemara, that's a great question. And the Gemara uh, kind of gives an ukim to Amar Rav Papi, Yom Shmuahava Uchib Dami. It was the day that they heard that he had died. Um, and that day, therefore, was Kibifan of Dami. It wasn't a regular Hespit, it was Mamish the day he died, and they were broken over it. But otherwise, it is, in fact, the case that Shiloh Bifanov, he should not, we should not be Masbid, uh, a Gadol, if he's not present. So let's say a person died on the first day of Cholamoid, a Gadol, had, uh, a Chacham died on the first day of Cholamoid, doesn't get buried till day three. So you can only be Masbid in front of him. Otherwise, you have to treat him like a regular person, even though he's not a regular person, but Shiloh Bifanov, then we have to allow the Halachos of Cholamoid to kick in to maintain that level of Simcha. Says the Gemara, a third of the way down, Omar Ula, Hesbid al the word hespit is talking about uh, uh, on your heart. That on your chest you will beat. So hespit is from the word beating a chest. The language of hitting is with tipuach. And kilus is beregel. Stamping your feet is the word kilus. And when it comes to stamping your feet out of sadness, 
one should not use a sandal, one should not use a thin sandal, but they should be wearing regular shoes so that they don't hurt themselves. Amar Rav Yochanan, talk about social cues. Once the Avel gives a nod, recognizing that you've successfully been menachem him, no more, walk out of the house. On one of the nights of Shiva when my brother died, we were all sitting around, it was 10.30 at night, someone showed up after the 10 o'clock slot. I was occupied, I was in the bathroom, and I come out and like the house is like eerily silent, there was a whole bunch of us there. So I walked into the room and uh, one woman was standing there and she was to say to everyone at the same time. I was, uh, I was out of, in the bathroom for like five minutes. So it's not right. I mean, I didn't care personally. I'm just saying it's not, that's not appropriate. You're not allowed to be matriach. That's evil. Just say for whoever's in the room and go home. So she totally missed the cues. Nobody knew who she was. It was a beautiful gesture. That it was very kind of her that she showed up, but it wasn't the right way to do it. When you get the nod from the Avel, pack out. When they get up and walk out, you get up and walk out. They're going to take a rest. You get out. There's not, that's not a space for us anymore. We should leave at that point. So then it's not right to stay anymore. If a Nasi walks in the room, so then everyone's obligated, of course, to stand up with the exceptions of a person who's in Avelis is not obligated to stand up and a person who's sick is also not obligated. If in fact they did stand up, the Nasi has to say to them Shavu in order for them to sit down. You can't sit down until he says Shavu. Reminiscent of the courts of law, you may be seated, right? So something similar, Shavu. Wonder if they got it, if they got it from here. Could be. Who knows? Um, that he would not say Shavu to the Chola. So some of the Rishonim say that he says something else to them in its place, that uh, Kodesh Baruch Hu should bench you kind of a thing, uh, but he doesn't say Shavu. So if your rogue comes in while you're sitting Shiva, it says a Nasi, not a Chacham. A Nasi, we don't happen to see him nowadays. But uh, it, it doesn't say that. It's only talking about a nasi. And we've learned distinctions already between a nasi and a chacham. We learned that a couple of lot ago. So no, it's not the same thing. And I don't know what the halacha is if the rav walks in. I'm not sure. That's a good question. Okay, so it says the Gemara, Amar of Yehuda, Amar Rav. Avel, Yom Rishon, Asr Lecholecha Mishalo. On the first day of Avelus, an Avel is not allowed to eat his own food. How do we know this? It's a diuk from a pasuk. You're not supposed to eat other people's food. So that's uh, where we learn this from. They would trade meals with one another uh, when one person was in Avelus. The other one would cook all the meals. There's a person who died in a particular city. No one is allowed to do malach until that person is buried. Rav Hamnuna, he went to a particular place called Drumta. When I first looked at this Gemara, I thought it was a, uh, it just meant somewhere in the south, and maybe it was, but uh, a lot of them unfortunately explained this to be a place. Shama Kolshipur the Shikhva, they heard the sound of a shofar that someone in the community had died. And these are such communal differences, like, a, like that's how they announced that somebody died, they blew a shofar, you knew it came from the direction of the funeral home. Everybody knew that someone had died. So, so Rav Hamnuna saw that there were some people in town who didn't put down their tools and they were still working. So we learned about Shamta. We learned about putting people into Chem. So he put them into Chera. So isn't there a dead person in your city? How dare you work? You're, you're, you're in uh, Shamta. You're, you've been excommunicated. <coughs> they said to him, 
Don't worry. We have a Chevra Kadisha. We have people who take care of these things. And therefore, Amar Lahu, therefore, if Amnuna says back to them, it's permissible for you. Some of the Rishonim learn this as Shari Lahu, I now permit you to no longer be Bishamta. Because this is some of the language that we saw, is that if a person is Bishamta, he has to be taken out of Shamta. So if Amnuna put them into Shamta incorrectly and he was Shari Lahu, he then took them out of Shamta. That's what this language of Shari means, according to Safa. What? What's the Chavra Kadisha day, so to speak? Is it? What day does the Chavra Kadisha always do? I didn't even know that. Do they have? I think so. Yeah, they always They're taking the place of Hakarish Baruch Hu that was called the Mosh and Zion Adar. It's always there. They have to be, it's a leap year, so it's not really Zion Adar. Okay. Uh, it's this is a terrible story. Anyone who um, has too much emotions when somebody dies, um, he'll end up mourning over another person. And the Gemara tells a, a, a bitterly sad story. There was a woman There was a woman who lived in the neighborhood of Rabhuna. She had seven sons. One of them died. She was crying too much on them. We'll see what too much means in a little bit. It's very hard to put a measure on emotions, but um, the Torah does demand that of us. On, on Rosh Hashanah, we're supposed to feel elevated. On Yom Kippur, we're supposed to be scared. We have a lot of expectations of our feelings. And it's actually true here as well. So it says the Gemara, Shalach le Ravuna. Ravuna wanted to protect her from damage. So he reached out to her and said, Lo You got to stop. You can't do this. It's not good for you. Says the Gemara, she did not listen to him and she couldn't control her emotions. He wrote back to her, if you listen to me, you'll be fine. But if you don't, then then you're going to need to prepare more for more of your children. And then Nebuch, it happened, Mis, Umisu Kulu, all of them ended up passing away. And now you're going to have to prepare for yourself. You're, you're crying too much. Again, I know it's not a judgment. It's a very hard sentence to say when someone's in pain. And Taka Umisa, and she died. Just an awful story. And we'll see what it means in the next line, what is considered crying too much. What does this Pasuk mean? That's the drasha. So how do we understand this? Three days is for intensive crying. The next four days up to seven. Is for Hespedim, Vishloshim Legihutulatisporas, and day 30 is the line in the sand for, for Gihuts for ironing one's clothes and for Tisporas for getting a haircut. From that day on, Hashem says, None of you could possibly have as much Rahmanas as I do. There's a big rate on this in the Masifta. Go read there. There's five, six, seven <laughs> shitas on what this actually means, according to some. Uh, some of the Rishonim I saw here, I think it's the Rambam, is that because this is the derech of the world, it's something that we need to learn to adjust to. Uh, this is a temporary world, it's not the permanent world. Again, it's a hashkafa above our level, that's a one to pine for, uh, but that is what the Gemara says. What does the next Pasuk mean? Bacho, bacha, leholeich. So it says the Gemara, Amr of Yehuda, leholeich belobanim. Then when is one allowed to cry so much more than normal? That's if someone passes away belobanim. 
that is what the Gemara says, that they uh, pass away with no children. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, lo azel be'evla. In fact, Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi would never go to a base avel, ela leman de azel belobani. Only in a case where one did not have children and died. Tichsi bacho bachu laholech, ki lo yashuv od, or es eretz molatito, because they would not have... Uh, the generations to follow. This is referring to one who has an Avera, uh, and they keep repeating the Averas. And the Gemara has a famous Russia here. So says the Gemara, when a person does an Avera, it's as if it's mutter to them. Would you say that it's actually mutter? Is that when a person does an Avera so many times, after a while it becomes heter. To repair those types of Averas, that's very difficult. Many of us, this is our psychology, many of us struggle in the same area for many years at a time. And it's very difficult to crawl out of it because the more one fails in one area, it's harder to step, to step out. We're going to stop right here, four lines from the bottom. Here's Hashem tomorrow. We'll finish the Masechta together. And then we'll start uh, the next night on Thursday with the Apes of Chagiga. I'll see you on Monday night. Please let me know if you plan on joining the scene. Thank you very much. Have a beautiful night. Sure,